45 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Five away from 50. See so me doing some math on the weekend. I'm impressed. I know. It's about the limit of my math. How's it going, Robert? It is going well, Robert. James. How are you guys? Oh. I'm here. We're good. So I know last week I talked about how Robert's uh, microphone or how he sounds so robotic when he's talking because it's of internet connection. And then when I edited the podcast, I realized that for some reason it records normal. So everyone out there listening is like, I don't understand. His, vo- his volume sounds normal and his voice sounds normal. But I'm telling you, on my end, it sounds like I'm talking to a robot. But we'll make this work. So if, you, if y'all hear me say, what was that, Robert, a lot? That's why. It's not because I'm deaf. Although I am probably going deaf. But I, I think we should huh? have your hearing test. <laughs> so uh, before we go any farther, let's, let's talk about our sponsors like we do every week. Our first sponsor is herps reptile shows which again every week i never have their show schedule pulled up uh but i definitely should and robert is moving the whole fucking room around what are you doing robert i'm not doing anything like literally sitting here with my hands on my chair maybe it was our guest i'll blame her later (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to her later it's easier just to blame robert i think that starting in the new year i'm gonna have all the herp show stuff handled and i'll talk about them in the beginning that'll give me something to do yeah, you could be useful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Herps, Herps Reptile Shows, again, we're done for the year, which means we can all take a break and rest. Uh, but then we kick back in January 16th and 17th, Oklahoma City, which uh, Robert will be at that one. I will. Uh, L- Longview, Texas, which both of us will be at that one. Yes. That is January 23rd and 24th. Then Conroe, Texas, January 30th and 31st. Uh, both of us will be at that one. Uh, and then Slidell, which is February 13th to 14th, which both of us will be at that one as well. Yep. So looking forward to getting back to hang- It's been weird. I mean, we went that, had that stretch of like five shows in a row where we saw everybody every weekend. And then now I see nobody. I sit at home. Well, I'll take the back. I do get to watch football. So that has been nice. True. You get True. to help me with fun stuff around the house. Uh, I don't think you're using the word fun correctly there. <laughs> You could have just left it with stuff around the house. I get to unfortunately help you with stuff around the house. It's fun for me. Yeah. I did straighten up my reptile room some today. You did. Now that I look around and pay attention to my surroundings, I notice. It's a lot cleaner. So, we did the same my... thing this weekend. Do well, what? What? I said we did the same thing this weekend. Cleaned up the reptile room and did our quarterly cleaning of everybody's you know, completely full stripped down cleaning of every tub and tank. Well, there's no tanks, but tub and and uh, enclosure. So we're all exhausted. We, uh, I had, well, most of my cleaning today was decluttering the actual room part and not cages. Cages will come yeah. soon. I, I finally was like, I need to get my room organized. Well, we were super unorganized when we had to move everything in here to do the floors. Ah. Because mine was, I have the largest room in the house. Pretty much out of every room, so we were able to fit everything in here. Well, it was also the one room that wasn't having floors done, other than our bedrooms, which are tiny. Yes, because if anybody's listening, a large snake room is much more important than a large bedroom. Well, that's a given. All we do is, I mean, all we do is sleep. It doesn't need to be a big room. Yeah. Yeah. Shut, 
Stop. 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 I didn't say anything. Stop it. <laughs> We're married. We know. Uh, <laughs> and then our other sponsor, Robert, would you like to introduce our other sponsor? Yeah, our other sponsor is me, uh, Lone Star Reptile Racks. Um, I always stumble through this part because for some reason in, you know, like seven shows, I haven't thought of something really good to say here yet. So uh, <laughs> if you listen regularly, you know who I am. You know what I do. And we'll leave it at that. Yes. So if you need a reptile rack, I, I, I every now and then I'll see people post online uh, looking for reptile racks and I always tag you in them no matter where they're at. Like, here, look at these racks. But seriously, if you need a good quality reptile rack, check out Lone Star Reptile Racks. They're on Facebook. They're on the web at lsreptileracks.com, right? Correct. And I'm going to run a sale starting tomorrow. I'm going to put it out on the... Robert. I'm here. Oh. Can you hear me? lsreptileracks.com, right? Yeah, that's it. Uh, yes. Start, starting tomorrow, Monday, the 14th of December, I'm going to start a sale through the end of the year. Uh, 10% off on any orders placed from now through the end of the year. Um, you know, obviously I won't be able to get to those orders until after the first of the year, but that's the sale I'm going to run starting tomorrow. So get your, get your racks while, while the deal's on. You can get arboreal racks, which apparently also double as dubia racks. They're, they're doing really well as dubia racks, by the way. So anybody out there has been wondering how to do your dubias, Robert's got you. Yeah. All right, so Robert, you want to go ahead and introduce our guest? Yeah, our guest is Corey Martin of Corey Martin Reptiles. Corey, how are you doing today? Hey, how are y'all? Good. We are good. Well, even even though I only hear every other word Robert says. It's a little challenging, but <laughs> I know it's like playing a fun little game of like let's guess what Robert just said in that sentence and see if we can answer it. Does it help if I talk really slow? No, it actually did help. A it bit. does not. You just sound like a slow robot. <laughs> you sound like a robot who needs its software updated. Gotcha. That might be the I'm problem. On the other end. So, Robert, you just need to call and, and yell at your internet provider. I have yelled at them and yelled at them and yelled at them. So, I was about to say, uh, I, I do that with Sudlink and it does nothing. Yeah, no, it's Comcast. They don't care. They're a huge company. They don't care about me. What? They have great customer service from everything I read on the internet. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, no. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Corey, tell us. Oh, no, go, wait, you, you, no? you, you have something important to say. Well, I was going to bring up something else that we might be talking about later. So We're going to get to that. Calm the well, fuck down. That- no, calm <laughs> the fuck down. Calm <laughs> the fuck. Damn. But it we'll is, get there. It, we'll get to it. But it also I'm involves- not going to ignore it. Listen, people. <laughs> Robert and Katie are super excited about a topic that's coming up later. I promise it's coming up later. But I've got a I've got a process in my head. Well, if you would have written that process down and shared it with your it. two co hosts, then maybe I would know what I don't need it. It's in do. my head. Anyways, oh. before I was rudely interrupted. <laughs> Corey. Yeah. Tell us about what you keep. So I uh, so I keep a wide variety of things. Uh, for breeding, I mainly focus on ball pythons and carpet pythons, though I do also have a small group of hognose that I'm raising up, but I'm not breeding them yet. Um, in addition, just keeping purposes, um, I also have some king snakes and some geckos just for fun. 
What kind of geckos do you have? So I have a lychee and I have two crusties. Okay, no one has a lychee just for fun. That's too expensive for fun. <laughs> I was just thinking. That's an investment <laughs> where another lychee is coming later. Maybe. I don't know. I just like, they're one of those things that I just always really wanted. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I am good with my snake breeding stuff, but I haven't quite, you know, figured out the whole gecko thing. So um, maybe, but I'm, I'm cool with my one now. I've heard horror stories with le uh, lychee breeding, so that would scare the crap out of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, kind of the same. Um, that's kind of why I'm I'm pretty good with with just having my little pet, even though it's a very expensive pet. It's a it's a very expensive pet. <laughs> I mean, they're cool. Like, yeah, you see a full grown lychee. It's it's crazy yeah. that a gecko is that big, but it also looks super saggy. Like, it's a weird looking gecko. Yes, it's like a little sharpay lizard. I love it. Yes. They they always like they look they don't look underweight at the same time they look underweight. They look like what happened was you overfed them and they got really fat. And then they just and then, Well and then they got the their tummy stapled, they met somebody yes. and they started exercising. But now they've got some extra flab. It's exactly what they look like. I find it adorable. Um <laughs> so it's fun. But yeah, I've got a I've got a very large ball python collection and a pretty significant carpet python collection as well and so that's those those two are my focus what kind of carpets are you keeping so better question is what kind am i not keeping <laughs> um <laughs> so i have um a collection of about 10 different ijs um or or papuan depending on your leaning there oh no i say um, ij screw okay, it cool. it's been, it was ij when i got into the hobby yeah. it's gonna be ij till i die yeah um, and so including I including I have three uh, field caught imported ones. And that was like that whole thing was a whole trip um, dealing Who'd with you those. go through to get those uh, Stephen Katz. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, so and then I have a couple of um, double hut uh, granite uh, is um, as well. So I'll be making some of those in the future in the IJ group. I have a whole bunch of different um, different locality type things I'm working with. Like I have Palmerstons, I have Julatans. I'm actually breeding the Julatans this year. I have uh, Rockhamptons and Brisbane's. Uh, I also have Nova Guineas um, as part of my, um, as part of my IJ group. So I've got some cool stuff. And then I also have Inlands. Uh, Inlands are my absolute favorites. They are basically the puppy dogs of snakes, I think. They're so cool, and I can't wait until I can start breeding those guys. And uh, then I have a bread light group as well. I have one breadles. I do love my breadles. Oh, so she, doesn't, she doesn't like me right now. If anybody oh, listening goodness. from last week heard that uh, she got stuck to Gorilla Tape in her cage, and I had to peel it off oh, of her. So she's not happy with me. No, she wouldn't she's doing be. really well, though. She's doing great. She ate for me, and she, she just doesn't like when I open her cage now. Yeah. She knows what's coming now. Yeah, she's going to hold it against me for a while. I can mm -hmm. already feel that coming. Mm-hmm. I have a so few you have, hold grudges. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any uh, like the like highlighter yellow jungles? I do. So I have a I have a few of those that I'm growing up. One from Andrew Paris, uh, and one and I'm probably going to screw up his name, but uh, Tim Slotkey. Um, I have one from him, and I think those are my only two right now. But I will be making those, and then I also have some uh, just zebra stuff in that project and some you know really well documented pure lineage stuff so so i've got one big female that a, 
a buddy in college, and this would have been 2006, I think. Uh, I had snakes. He was never a snake person. And then he was like, I want to get a snake. And so I was like, all right, man, let's look at what there is. And uh, he settled on a jungle carpet python. I was like, all right, man, let me see if I can find you one. And so I ended up buying one online for him uh, from Bob Clark, which means I have no idea where the jungle carpet python actually came from. Yeah. But I got it from Bob Clark, um, gave it, and it was his money. I said, gave it to him. He bought it. I found it. Uh, he kept it for a while, and then when we graduated college, he had to move home, and he's like, well, they don't – he's moving in, I think, with his mother-in-law at the time, and she definitely didn't want the snake in the house, so I ended up with it. And so now she's – I don't know, 2006, so I'm not going to do math, but she's like, what, 15-ish years old. Uh, and I have her. She's awesome. She's probably a little over seven foot. Oh, cool. She's not very bright. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I didn't, I didn't pay the money for a very bright one. but uh, Not bright as in not colorful. Colorful. Yes, not yeah, she seems no. to be pretty smart. I mean, she knows where food is and how all that works. Um, she's weird though. Like she always, I don't know what it is. She she eats well, but for some reason she always looks a little skinny, like towards the tail. She never has like this rounded tail look to her, and I don't know what it is. Um, I did breed her once, so a few years back I had a jaguar male, and I was like, let's try this. It did not work out well. Oh no! Uh, what happened? She, she laid eggs. One was fertile, and then like. 10 days past the date when it was supposed to hatch, it was starting to sunk, suck in and it didn't look good. I'm like, all right, I think this egg is bad. I cut it. It wasn't bad. Uh, and what was in there died. Oh, so that was my experience breeding carpets. So I did my first clutch this past year and uh, I got 21 eggs, which wow. blew me away. Yeah. Uh, wow. And then a few of them, it was, it was a zebra to zebra pairing. Uh, and I was really shooting for some of the super zebras. And none of the super zebras survived, which was a huge, huge bummer. So, um, yeah, that's not one of those. That's not one of those genes that has an issue at super, does it? So it it does, but it's usually not that it's fatal. Although a lot of people have told me that ratios are usually off. So you're not if you do a zebra from zebra, you're not you're not necessarily going to get the one fourth that you would expect. So you're probably there. Probably are some that are just not developing properly, but. Um, they tend to have tail issues, like their tail, and it's just like the tip of their tail it can get kind of kinked and messed up. Okay, I remember hearing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you know, and so it's and it depends, and and there's some thought that a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's just so much inbreeding and in, in what we have in that whole project at this point, um, and the ones I have are a related pair, so that's certainly you know likely a, a contributing factor. Um, the rest of the clutch was super awesome though. Um, I made some, yeah, I just, I made some really cool animals. So I was, I was pretty excited to, uh, to, to hit that clutch. I like carpets I, and I wasn't so into like my sand bows and all my bows and stuff. I'd probably yeah. go carpets. Yeah. Um, I, I remember when I first got into it, coastals were cool, but coastal, like, that's also because it was like coastals get 15 feet long. They, really don't. they just don't. Right. But it's, it's the coastals are like, that's the appeal for coastals for a lot of people is the idea that they can get big. Yeah. Uh, you can see like one or two uh, pictures on kingsnake.com of a huge yeah. coastal. And those are the only ones that would float around. Yeah. So the hard, the thing that's hard about having chosen carpets is because they get so big and they need space and enclosures and stuff, it's just really hard to have space for everything. And so I'm constantly with holdbacks and everything bumping up against space constraint issues and figuring out how I'm going to balance everything. Well, and that's another problem is you have to have holdbacks. Like, because yes. you don't, you don't know what it looks like until like a year down the road. Absolutely. 
absolutely. And so, so what I did this year was I, I, I they're about six months old now, so I'm starting to get a little bit of an idea on them. But I just kind of picked the best looking hatchlings and you know crossed my fingers and hoped for the best. So we'll see. How that well, see, that's the funny thing is between you have those and then you have ball pythons, which is a completely different experience, I'd imagine, because totally. ball pythons, you get one or two sheds and you're like, all right, this is the prettiest you're going to be. Here Absolutely. we go. Let's tell you. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a completely different thing. Yeah, the ball pythons, basically, right out of the egg is about the best they're ever going to look, and then it's all downhill. <laughs> that really yeah. is a shame. Like, that, but, like, that's how so many of them get sold. You don't you don't see a lot of pictures of adults just because yeah. everybody's like, adults won't sell. Don't show anybody what they look like when they get yeah, older. No, it's, and it's so funny because there's, there's certain projects in particular that you just almost never see adults because they brown out or fade oh, tremendously and no one wants to show it. I've shared this story on here before, but we left Tinley last year. And as we were driving home, Katie's like, you know what? I really want an exanthic ball python because they're black and white. And then I was like, hey, Katie. Look up an adult exanthic ball python. I was so sad. Have you guys seen my, so you probably haven't seen my, uh, so I'm into the black exanthic project. And is, it, is that the V, who was it that has? VPI makes them, but it's a different line than VPI's. So gotcha. VPI has two different lines. And so one of them is black exanthic. And the black exanthic tends to hold its blacks really, really well. And I have this one guy and he's even a pastel black exanthic. And he is almost pitch black. As an adult, it's amazing, but he's like the exception to, that proves the rule, basically. Yeah, see, I like the pattern on the ball pythons, and I like having that pattern in the gray and white. Yeah, yeah. So I, think, like, I don't know how to, I know like desert ghosts; those kind of are kind of a a gray and white color. Do they keep that as they get older? So it depends mm-hmm. on on the specific type of desert ghost. But they do mm-hmm. tend to hold on to that crispness that you're seeing. So depending yeah. is, depending on what other morphs are there, they're not necessarily going to be black and white, but you have that yeah. kind of you know crisp look to them, and that tends to stick around. So. Desert Ghost is a cool project. It's it's one right now where you can't find a Desert Ghost female to save your life because it's or, or more afford a Desert Ghost male. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, we will get back to. That in a second. I do want to go on to. That is pretty. Uh, what are you looking up? I, I Google desert ghost. Uh, I don't know any of this ball python stuff. I, I know it purely because I of I know it purely it. because of Justin Gavilka. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I watch his YouTube channel. I'm like, hey, so I'm gonna learn stuff. Look, even in my fifth grade classroom, if I don't know the answer, my response is, you know what? Let's Google it. So, GTS, Google that shit. Well, I can't really say that in class. But. Good. <laughs> you can say stuff. GTS, Google that stuff. Corey, I'm not sure if you if you know that James and Katie are both teachers. I do. So we actually uh, sat down together at a dinner at Herps Conroe, and oh, I that's right. For a while. Yeah. Oh, I thought I knew the name. That's right. I'm horrible at remember remembering people. Yeah. Like I, I'm, the it's, it's also, so... I'm the one who also has the next level displays. Yes, that's right. Yes. That's right. You got the good ones, and I got the shitty one. That's I right. Okay. I didn't Facebook stalk her to see the pictures or I anything. Didn't and if I would have seen pictures, I would have known exactly who we yeah, were having. So on. The only reason I, I drew it is I did face stalk, Facebook stalk y'all. I did not draw the connection at all when we met the first time that you guys were the reptile gumbo people. So oh, I'm, I'm bad enough. <laughs> the time we met, I actually wasn't yet. yet. Okay. I am now. 
But uh, I'm bad enough that like when I walk around the school and kids I taught like the year before, and I'll see them and they'll say, "Hey, Mr. Lewis," I'm like, "I don't remember that kid's name at all." <laughs> no, that's awful. Look, it's a hundred and something kids a year. I can't keep yeah, those names in my head the next year. Unless, unless you were a serious behavior problem, my brain yeah dumps all names. I can recognize your face. Yeah. yeah. But I do good to remember my names for the new year and their parents if I'm lucky. So. Yeah, it's I'm, it's. I'm good enough to remember that, like when I see a kid working at Burger King, and I couldn't stand them when they were at school, that I probably don't want to eat at Burger King that day. I've done that before. Where I've gone and I've seen something like, we don't need to eat here. Oh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Katie asked a question over on our Reptile Gumbo Podcast discussion group. One, what? What? Go ahead. Uh, can I finish? You can finish your sentence. Okay. The the question was, what rooms of the house do you use for quarantining animals and how many different rooms have you quarantined in at one time? And the reason that I asked this question is because we have one week until Christmas break. And so my animals in my classroom are about to come home for mm-hmm. the break. But the problem is we have the reptile room and then my daughter has recently gotten into her own reptiles so she has lizards in her room and we're quarantining in our bedroom and we're quarantining in my craft room so it's coming down to like the bathroom the living room the kitchen and dining room like so i'm just curious quarantine um we have a we have a rack in my son's room that i use as a quarantine rack i've got one in the corner of the dining room i've got one in my bedroom um yeah so i have i have a bunch of different ones I feel like my house is being taken over by quarantine, which it is. Yeah. Well, my, my problem is I, I buy snakes at different times. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then I don't want to restart quarantine. Yeah. So how I have to quarantine in a new room. How long do y'all quarantine? I try and shoot for th- three months. Sometimes, like, if I'm feeling pretty good about it, I'll go, like, two, two and a half. Mm-hmm. I try and shoot for three months. That's really good. What about show, uh, what about show snakes? Because that's the other one. Do you put yeah, no, see – I suck about that because I don't actually quarantine those. And I know that like that defeats the purpose, but I just, I can't. There's only so much you can do. So we also don't buy a lot of animals from shows. Well, no, she's talking about like when I take 50 babies from show to sell and bring them back. Oh, and you bring them back. I thought you meant like when you buy something. Yeah. So I don't have a, I don't have a place I can quarantine 50 baby sambos. Yeah. I bought a, I bought a rack that I put in my, in my dining room. I basically took my dining room over in addition to another room upstairs. (laughs) it's it's getting it's ridiculous my entire my entire house is taken over at this point but yeah i i have an a a section of my dining room where i keep all the show babies um and just and my sales animals in general but um but yeah it takes it takes over real fast doesn't it it's it's very hard robert where do you quarantine the answer we uh yeah oh yeah downstairs My uh, that's right. My reptile, my reptile room is upstairs, so my quarantine is downstairs. It's actually underneath. Uh, I have a couple of twenty-eight quart racks underneath our dining room table. Oh, that's good use of space. You still have a dining room yep. table. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, we actually have we have like a breakfast area and a dining room, so we don't really use the dining yeah. room much. So that's where the the quarantine rack is. Yeah, that's kind of how we went to. I kept the breakfast room for us to eat in and then took the dining room for a snake space. Exactly. <laughs> I was looking at some, I would have known that, Robert, had I read all these answers first. But I was looking at some of the answers from the question that Katie asked. Uh, and Lance Kirkman said, too small of a house. So one bedroom is quarantine and the other room is the reptile room. 
get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Wyman said he uses a storage area slash furnace room. Yeah, Travis, that's how I know you live up north. You have a furnace. A furnace, or you can also tell if they have basements. It's like, yeah, no, can't do that. I love when folks are like, we don't have I love when Louisiana. like my brittle's python. They're like, you could just like put it in your basement when it gets cold. I was like, we don't have basements. I live in Louisiana. Right. That would turn into a pool. That's not a so. Yeah. I'm going to be putting uh, it out in the garage when I'm ready to breathe those suckers. It's I'll, I'll, I'll we'll come back to that because I'm doing that right now with my rubber bows and it's horrifying me. I but. can imagine. Yeah, let's let's put it put a slide in when they come back. Miguel said, "I live in a small apartment, so one room for the reptiles, and the bedroom is used for quarantine." Uh, da, 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 da. Ryan said, "Ryan Gosso said, I'm hoping to have a reptile shed built soon. Once my current animals are moved in, I'll use my bedroom for quarantine." I've t- thought about having an outside building for my reptiles, but I like, and it's going to sound weird, but I like being able to walk into my reptile room naked. Not that I want to be around my reptiles <laughs> naked. I just like the fact that I don't have to get dressed when I get out of the shower if I want to go check on something real quick. And if it's a shed, then I have to get dressed, go outside, walk to the sh- That's way too many steps. This is yeah. why your camera hasn't been turned back on at the new house, isn't it? I, I have not plugged in my camera. I do need to plug <laughs> I was going to say, I have a camera in my snake room, and that could be real dangerous. <laughs> I'm not plugged mine back in. We're good. Uh, Victor says my collection is mainly in my bedroom. So a lot of folks keep it in their bedroom. I can't keep the collection in my bedroom. My bedroom would be way too hot. Shoot. Right. I was getting hot in the craft room just with my heat press turned on earlier. Well, I wonder why. I know. It's a heat press. At 320 degrees. Yeah, none of my snake cages are 320 degrees. No, I think, but I, I bet good. if you put yeah. enough in there, it's going to get just as hot. No, it won't. Continue reading. I don't think you know how heat works. I probably don't. Let's go. They'll never get 320. It's not an oven in here. We're <laughs> sitting in here right now. Uh, and then Scott Iper said, I have a purpose-built quarantine room with its own plumbing, air conditioning, fresh air intake, exhaust, full set of equipment, including hooks, tubes, holding containers, cages, racks, and incubators. All right, Scott, you're just too fancy that's, for the rest of us that's pretty serious <laughs> i like that i mean don't get me wrong that'd be the way everybody should do it but that sure as hell ain't happening i uh i've got the top of my dresser in my bedroom tends to have snakes on it and then right now there are snakes in a tub in your craft room because they were brought in two different times yep and do you want me to <sighs> <laughs> okay do you want me to say it no, i'll say no it i'm gonna i'm gonna you. do it I'm gonna... Need, no, no no wait 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 i need everyone to listen very carefully all right no hold on, hold on, hold on. sentence that hold is on. about to come hold out on. of his mouth Shush. robert understands. i need to preface this with what <laughs> i'm, I'm about sitting, to say i'm just sitting here with a huge smile on my face I'm, <laughs> what i'm about to say is because i'm helping a friend out who is getting rid of his collection oh just stop and, no, but that is true. That's the reason I'm taking so many. Because in all honesty, there's like one that I really, really want. So I'm gonna say it. This Weird week I'm getting ball pythons. <laughs> and Corey, I don't know you have I don't know if you listen to the show, but I, I hate ball pythons. And everyone no, no, gives him crap about it. The funny thing is Robert prepped me before <laughs> just so you know, he hates ball pythons. Like, he's going to give you shit. There. And I've said on here before, it's not so much that I hate ball pythons. I hate ball python people. And not all of them, but the ones that are fucking annoying. And everybody knows which ones they are. They just happen to be the loudest. Oh, that's 100%. Ball python people are the worst part of ball pythons. And and ever since the mid-2000s when I started going to Daytona and 80% of a reptile show was ball pythons, it becomes very easy to go, I fucking hate these snakes. Yep. 100%. 
But like I said, a buddy of mine is having to get rid of his he got rid of his entire collection of snakes, which is actually quite big. And uh, he had a banana pie ball python, which is like two of the genes I like the most. So that was the one I wanted. And then the problem I have, as most re- roast reptile keepers have, is I've got to breed. And so then I was like, uh, what else do you have? Mm-hmm. And it ended up the prop the other big problem is that my buddy has you're trying to kill one gnat and it's on the microphone. I can't handle it, James. I can't. There's one gnat flying in the sick room and it just wants to hang out around us. Oh my God. Anyways, my buddy has a history of buying males. And so I knew, I knew when I went over there before anything that all he's going to have is fucking males. Mm-hmm. And so I'm getting, I'm getting eight ball pythons from him and one is a female. Oh no. Yeah. That makes it very hard to breed. That is really challenging. Those are not the ratios you're usually shooting for. <laughs> no, no. the opposite. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> yeah. But I knew before going up, because I've seen him buy these as we've gone, as I've been friends with him. I'm like, dude, you got to quit buying males. And so I knew when I got there, I'm like, it's just going to be a shit ton of males. And it's a shit ton of males. It's seven males. Um, I don't know what all I'm going to be keeping. There are some yeah. where I'm like, yes, we're definitely keeping these. And then there's some where I'm like, hey, look, is it cool if I sell this or that so I can raise money to buy a female? Because... I need females. Yeah. Um, banana pie is a good I, one to keep. Absolutely. I'm definitely keeping. I love yeah. it. And it's a good one. It's got a lot of, it's got a very good amount of white uh, pattern. Cool. It's an awesome one. Cool. So uh, I've got, there's like a pat- I've gotten Go these random messages from James this week telling me I feel dirty. And I'm like, why are you on Morph Market looking at ball pythons? Yes. <laughs> I have been. I have been. That's also when I realized. This shit's way too expensive for me to really get into, and I'm gonna stick mainly to my standbys. Oh yeah, I got a text. I got a text message at one point this week that was like, "A snake should not be our monthly salary as a teacher," and I was like, "Oh, you must be looking at ball pythons again." <laughs> <laughs> that that's how I knew Desert Ghost was expensive as hell. Yeah, but that you but that you can buy desert for a lot cheaper. Well, because you can't breed it. Really? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The females. The females get egg bound and die like so you basically stupid ass snakes. yeah so you can't breed a female desert theoretically you could breed a male desert but any female that you created you'd have to be you know just incredibly on top of people not making sure they understand they can't breed that animal so because yep. of that the project's pretty much dead that's crazy and, yeah. and desert ghosts and <laughs> desert have nothing to do with each other so whoever named yeah. desert ghosts that's really confusing. did it desert ghost they really did it a disservice by naming it that this is another reason i fucking hate ball pythons because (laughs) for years someone on the west coast would have a ball python and someone on the east coast would have a ball python it's the same fucking snake well it's like they both got uh, the chance to name it banana and cola blow are basically the same thing and lesser and butter are the same thing yeah and there's i mean there are are, for some of the higher end more expensive genes i mean People get really fired up about the possibility yeah. of genes usually being the same. It's 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 just yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, it gets. It's also a group of snake with some of the dumbest. It has some of the dumbest morph names as well. I don't like. like, so I, like the, the thing that drives me crazy is that when a certain combo of genes has its own name, because then you don't even know what genes you're talking about necessarily, and so mm-hmm. then it gets yeah. confusing. Um, like I just call it by the series of name of genes that it has. Like that makes it so much more simple than whatever like dumb made up name the person made for that particular three gene combo. It, but the problem is ball Python people decided, Hey, we need to fit seven genes into one snake. And mm-hmm. then it became very confusing. And then you can't identify them anyway. So who knows? that's why like, I, I'm very much any, 
any ball pythons I, I plan on breeding are going to be something that when you look at it, you can go, that's different. That's always, always been my, one of my big problems too. Like the first time I saw like the, some of the original Mojaves, it's like, and, and still when I see them, I'm like, what the fuck? That's a lot of money. And I get it makes a white snake. So I might go out there. Well, if you breed them together, it makes, I get that. But it still looks just like a ball python. Like a Mojave does not, I don't see it to mm-hmm. me. It takes it takes a long time to develop that eye, and even I mean, I've only been doing it for a couple of years, but it's I, I'm still constantly working at it. It's it's not always super easy, particularly in the single gene form, to be able to to tell. They're they're so some of the cues are so subtle. Well, the one good thing they have going for them is I am a fan of incomplete dominant genes, mm-hmm. and in my Samboas, there's like no there's like one incomplete dominant gene in Samboas. Oh, I didn't know but that. In, yeah, stripe is, and it's kind of kind of incomplete dominant. It's kind of and kind of not. It it almost works that way, but not always. So it's a weird one. Oh, that, and that's because interesting that, because so many like python species, stripe is is recessive. So that's interesting. Well, and this one's because it's a mix between basically a locale of Kenyan sambo with the rest of them, and then when you bring them together, they make stripes. Oh, that makes in about sense. In, in roughly half the the litter, but not always. Okay. So. It's a weird thing, but everything else is recessive, which makes it pretty easy. And so, but a lot of the stuff I've been looking at in ball pythons is incomplete dominant. So yeah. that's fun to play with just because I like the idea of having a clutch of everything being different. Yeah, absolutely. It gets really boring when you hatch out a clutch of exactly the same stuff. I feel like I need to learn more about genetics to be able to follow some of the stuff on this podcast. It would help. <laughs> yes. Look, if ball, if ball python people can figure out genetics, you can do it. <laughs> Look, I've met some people at shows that I know they had to have failed high school biology, but somehow they can figure out simple Mendelian genetics when you put ball pythons in front of them. I have listened to your genetics spiel with using your corn snakes at least two dozen times in the 16 years we've been together. And Ooh, I still couldn't, I still couldn't do it. We've been together way too long. We have been together a long time. And I still couldn't tell you what that whole speech is. It's easy. <laughs> anyways. So anyways, what I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting the banana pie. That's the one I, mm-hmm. I wanted. And then I'm getting a pastel pie, which kind of doesn't really do anything for me because I've got a banana pie. Mm-hmm. So, so no, I would move that pastel pie and just keep the banana. Yeah, it's definitely a chance. Okay. A strong chance that happens. Uh, then there's an albino, which I just kind of like because it's an albino. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've got a super, oh shit, what was it? Super pastel yellow belly. It's kind of cool looking. Mm-hmm. Super pastel looks really cool. And it's some cool, uh, incomplete dominant jeans. Mm-hmm. And then there's a really nice blade clown male. Oh, nice. He's kinda, he just, he just looks good. You've got uh, a, lot of, a lot of visual recessive males. That's like, I mean, if you're going to have a group of males, that's not terrible. Yeah, yeah that's the one good thing he bought a bunch of that. Uh, the female, I think, is just inchy. Um, so that'd be kind of cool. You bring at least males to her, and you get a, a clutch of all heads. So, I mean, it's not terrible. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. And then um, I think there's like a little tiny inchy male in there that may go. Uh, so the great thing also about inchy is if you do something like breed the banana pied to it, and she brings so much pattern back in pied. And so when you're stacking genes in pied, that's usually what people are looking for because most genes remove the pattern. And so with Enchi bringing it back, it gives you more going on in the snake than just becoming another all-white snake. 
Well, that was mm-hmm. kind of my first my first plan for breeding because that's the one female I have that I'm getting, and she's if not at breeding size, close to it. Uh, the male is definitely a breeding size, uh, and so I thought about that one. And then I'm getting like a little tiny baby, like normal. I think it's head albino head something. Like that. Yeah, that one's going somewhere. That's, that's I'm not feeding that forever. Uh, I think that's yeah. it. I don't yeah. know, but yeah, it's so I know people out there listening are shocked that I'm getting ball pythons, and trust me, you're not the only ones. So, so are these ones you're selling, are you going to actually like put them on your table at a show? I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> he's going to put them on my table because they're always next to each other. ID under a fake name. And like, <laughs> I was just about to say he's going to put them on Robert's table yeah. or he's going to put them in an auction or something. The auction won't make any money. I'm selling them so I can buy females. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, <laughs> But the good thing is he's also giving me a rack to hold him in for a while, and then eventually I'll probably get somebody that I know to. I was going to say, only you knew someone who makes racks. I know. I've I've had a rack that belongs to you sitting in my shop for a month now. That is true. I do need to get that rack from you, too, at some point. That sounds like a road trip. And I got one for Corey that'll be ready in the next week or so. Yeah, I got a, he he custom made a, a rat rack for me. I'm super excited. It has ARS tubs. So I can use it for my ASF and stuff without them chewing out and making a mess all over the place. So mm-hmm. he told me, I think he told me about that yeah. at one of the last shows. You told me you're going to be doing that. Yeah, Robert. yeah, it's with the, with those ASF fifty uh, polycarbonate tubs. Yeah, that'd be cool. I've got a yeah. a baby rack coming from Robert that at some point will be great, even though I have no babies to put in it. Right. Well, there no will fire. be babies. No hurry. But there will be corn snake babies. Fuck that another one. <laughs> <laughs> We're not breeding corn snakes. Those are too small. Joe and I are going to breed corn snakes. Me and our child Joe, as well as Joe F- Phelan. Phelan. Never say his last name. God bless it. <laughs> I love how you're like, We're breeding corn snakes. You couldn't, point, you couldn't point to where a corn snake is in this room right now. No, but I could find it if I need to. Yeah. Oh, look, they're right there. Our child came she's, in. She is randomly she pointing at the rack. I can move them, and y'all never know. Well, we, we've upped our corn snake, uh, our corn snake collection in the last few months. Logan's really been working his butt off by uh, working for Andy, and he's been buying all kinds of stuff. He's up to, I don't know, about ten or so. Yeah, yeah. Every time you go to a show, you send me pictures of more corn snakes. Yeah, we brought home four from Austin. I mean, they're great. I just hate corn snake babies. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> they're so damn small. They're picky about eating sometimes, and like they get out of everything. That's a pain that's in the ass. Keep them in deli cups. <laughs> yeah, see, that's it's too much. I mean, I can deal with my samboas that size. So they're great. For some reason, like corn snakes are just they're way better at getting out of shit. Samboas are lazy. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. But I told, I told Katie, I was like, look, y'all can breed ball pythons. At least those eggs are bigger and the babies come out ready to actually, like, I mean, not that they will eat because that's another reason ball pythons suck. But well, babies usually eat pretty pretty well. It's only the older ones that are food-refusing assholes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> mostly. Mostly. I've, I've had a couple, but for the most, yeah. See, but they're usually not too bad as babies. Like, I, I've never had one that refuses a live hopper. They, like, just toss a live hopper. They're good. My getting my carpet started was a whole other adventure. That's, that's so, the other problem is yeah. I don't yeah. ever feed live, so I'm like, yeah. you either eat frozen or you die. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he he doesn't believe in passing on those non-eating genes. 
Um, yeah. But anyway, so my, my question about quarantining basically stemmed from the fact that I'm about to have a bunch of ball pythons in my craft room. <laughs> so the one positive from the weekend is that my craft room was cleaned and organized and lots of fun stuff happened in there because now it's ready for snakes. snakes. <laughs> craft slash quarantine it's gonna snake be our craft slash quarantine snake room so my friends are never gonna come over and hang out in that oh, room anymore no. <laughs> heartbroken she hung out in there today but uh i don't think she realized that there were snakes in there with her i have a co-worker who she she's okay as long as they're in a container um but I don't think she realized that the sand boas were in there today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, a rack could probably pass for like one of those cute little crafting cabinets. So, oh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's fabric in there. Just don't open it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, anyway. So I know that, that we wanted to bring it up last week, but, uh, we got really talking about rattlesnake roundups for forever last week. And we didn't get to bring up. And, and Katie here. wasn't here, so Katie wanted to be here to enjoy my pain of knowing that I'm getting ball by now. The look on his face while he's having to make this announcement was fabulous. <laughs> Still don't like oh, ball pythons. Anyone who truly knows you has literally spent the last fifteen minutes laughing. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Tra- Travis Wyman, you can suck it. <laughs> I know Travis is, well, I mean, he's probably like 17 episodes behind, but when he hears this one, <laughs> we'll get a random message in about three months from Travis with a question. Yeah. He was talking about this. We'll probably have him yeah, back I... on the show before he catches up. <laughs> oh, anyways. Oh, speaking of, uh, I, I meant to bring this up last week too. Speaking of eating and snakes not eating. So I, I, I like Katie said, I'm a big proponent of not force feeding. I, I tried it when I was, when I was younger and I hate it. It gets messy. It's gross. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. If you don't want to live, I don't want you to live. Mm-hmm. And people are like, that's heartless. But I'm like, that's, it's nature for me. And that's just how I see it. But I did have, I had three baby Samboas that were born. I don't know if they were born like seven months ago. They stay, they haven't eaten in like seven months, uh, six months, something like that. But they finally, I was like, you know what? I'll try something. I'm not going to force feed because trying to force feed a pinky to a baby Samboa is, is miserable. Yeah. Uh, I cut the because t- I think Justin Smith was talking about this before, but I, I fed tails. I cut tails off. So I had some mites thawed out. Mm-hmm. I cut tails and I just kind of like wiggle the tails so I could like pry the mouth open and put it in the mouth mm-hmm. and then put it back in the tub and they swallow the tails, all three of them. Oh, that's great. So we'll see if that jump starts anything next week when I try to feed them again. But uh, I got something into their stomach, so they may not die this week. So that's a bonus. That's awesome. <laughs> Sometimes, but, I don't know. Sometimes just getting something into their bodies just kind of kickstarts their metabolism into gear, and then they get it sorted out. Well, and it's so much easier feeding these tails because, like, yeah. I have tried with babies before, tried to force feed them, but like, all you can really get is like the head of a pinky into their mouth, uh-huh. and then they shake their mouth back and forth, yep. and they spit it out, and they're done. Yep. But the tail, you can get down just past their mouth, and then they're like, "Oh, I can't get this out. Let me go ahead and swallow it." Yeah, that's great. So that's awesome. I um. The tails made me think of it. So last week I took the mice that we had thought out for the corn snake in my classroom up to the school. And I always set them on top of her light. They're in a Ziploc bag, but I set them on the light so that they'll warm up and then I'll go feed them to her. And so I was carrying the bag into the room because she's not currently in my classroom. She's actually in a coworker's room that I teach in in the afternoon because the students aren't rotating because of COVID. 
So my other classes, other than my homeroom, they don't get to see my class pets. So mm-hmm. she's been, she's been living in their room for the month and I was walking in and I had them in my hand down by my side. I didn't make a big deal about it, but one of the boys saw just the tails on the mice and he was like, why do you have spaghetti in a bag, Miss Lewis? And I said, well, it's not spaghetti. <laughs> and then he was like, oh man, are you, are you going to eat those? I'm like, well, not me, but let's use our brains here. I know it's early, but uh, let's wake up some, come on. But I just thought that was a little bit of hot sauce and they go down. (laughs) So keeping snakes in your classroom, do you ever encounter students that are just really, really terrified of them? Oh, students and coworkers. Tell them to suck it up, buttercup. Um, She is in a locked cage. She's actually the only pet that I have that I keep in a locked cage. Um, But she's in a locked cage. And what I'll do is we, I introduce them all on the first day of school to the kids that come in my room. So this year it was just my homeroom. And then as I move them to my other two teachers' classrooms, because the teachers are rotating around classes and the, the students are staying in a static group. Um, but I, it's this year it's been interesting. I've actually had more people afraid of my lizards because I have a bearded dragon and a leopard gecko. Oh, interesting. Um, and I actually had a student who was terrified of my Brazilian horn frog. Like he, he horn frog. jumped across the cage to get a cricket one day, <laughs> and she screamed. There's no way that a fat ass frog jumped. He did. The cage. He actually mm-hmm. he, he made it in like he one may have week. rolled. He may have rolled across. The no, cage. it was pretty fun. Like I didn't think he could move like that. He I was very like, He looks like those cartoon <laughs> drawings of like when they imagine animals alone. fat and they make uh-huh. little cartoon. Drawings. He looks like that. He's very healthy. That's what he's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. So I sent a picture of him to Andy because I was afraid he was overweight. Yeah, the other person we got her from. She's like, yeah, I think he's overweight. I was I, like, no, they just look I fat. I was That's so afraid it. he was overweight. Um, Can't believe but, your body so, in your frog. Yeah, and he's pretty great. Um, and then everybody likes the isopods. Those don't because everybody loves Jerry Cal isopods. Yeah, that would um, be fun. So, but yes, um, I actually have a new principal this year. And when I first met her, she said, so I hear you're an animal person. And I said, yes, (laughs) ma'am. And I was so afraid she was going to tell me I couldn't bring them back to school. She's like, so, so let's talk about this snake that you have. I said, well, she's in a locked cage. And she said, as long as the lock always stays on, I am okay with that. All right. (laughs) I was like, all right. So I just don't take her out when I know she's on campus. Uh I wait till she leaves and goes to a meeting and then we'll take her out of the cage. <laughs> it's like a smart move. You don't want her walking in as you're like passing the snake around the students. That happened to James one time. Oh, uh, well, I saw my old school. It was during my corn snake genetics lesson. Mm-hmm. So I, no, that may have been different. Okay. So I, at two points, when I teach biology, I, I bring reptiles in. When I teach genetics, I bring in corn snakes, teach genetics. So there's a visual. And then when I teach classification and I get to the reptile section, I'll bring in a snake, a lizard, a tortoise, and we'll do differences between them. That's so cool. Was that one? I think it was that one. Uh, some people from downtown and our uh, school board were were in, and they were lo- going around the school. And one woman walked into my room, and I think I think it may be when I was holding like a six foot boa constrictor. She saw it and she took off down the hallway. And so, oh no! <laughs> and so, like from now on, like I'm I'm known as that teacher, even though I don't even really I don't have them in my room. But like yeah. every time someone from downtown knows, sees me, I'm known as that teacher. Like, well, there's two ways. There's that. Or one summer we were doing a um, uh, like in service teacher in service at one of the high schools, oh, yeah. and I'm sitting in my in service, <laughs> and that. someone comes and knocks on the door and looks at me and goes, "I need you to come remove a snake." I was like, "Okay," because they knew I had them. So I went down to the library and found this pissed off uh, 
Texas rat snake uh, sitting like wrapped up in the computer wires behind a computer warming itself up. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of people that still remember like, you were the one that removed that snake. I was like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> so that's cool. Do you have a job where you like can kind of embrace your, you know, reptile lover identity? Yeah. What's really awesome is I actually teach English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no reason whatsoever. It's just nope. you're, you're the cool teacher with the animals. Yep. That's awesome. So, oh, one thing I did want to bring up because we're talking about ball pythons and, and all this is that you are up for uh, 15 minutes of. 15 minutes of lane. lane. If you, you want to go ahead and explain that? Yeah. So, Snakes and the Fat Man, uh, which is, you know, big ball python podcast. Uh, he has a segment every episode that's called 15 Minutes of Lame. And it's uh, dedicated to people who are kind of up and coming in the hobby. And so there's a contest going on right now for all of the people who were featured in this segment. And I was one of them. And whoever kind of wins this contest and gets the most votes will have a full two-hour episode of Snakes and the Fat Man uh, where they get to be the, the main event guest. So I have been campaigning uh, fairly hard for this and uh, would really love votes from anyone who's listening. The contest goes through December 21st, and it's satfmpc.com. Say that one more time. S-A-T-F-M for Snakes and the Fat Man. So S-A-T-F-M-P-C dot com. So yes, go on there and vote. Yes. I, I, think, I, I don't remember who it was, but I do remember the very first episode he had where he had someone on for 15 minutes of lame. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so sometimes, they, sometimes they, they've panned out, sometimes not, but um, it's, it's actually, it's been, it's been really fun uh, doing this contest. We've, all of the various contestants who are, are in it have kind of, you know, gotten a chance to get to know each other better and have been really advocating for each other and, and getting to know each other. So it, it's been a really, really cool experience, regardless of whoever ends up winning. I've, I've made some really cool connections in the hobby. So it's been good. How many times can do you have any idea how many times people can vote? Is it just once? Say once per email address. So if you've got like 15 different email addresses, you can vote all those times. So, so I don't I don't know if my buddy's listening, but uh so your name is on there and then one other friend of mine is on there that yep. uh Paul McIntyre. Yeah, so I hate it for Paul. I'm not gonna vote for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna vote for you. Hey. So you can but, you could you could vote for both of us if you have two email addresses. That seems like a lot of work. Uh, or here the, the other here's the other one is there's no minimum voting age, so your kids can all vote too, uh, or you can, as I did, use your children's email addresses to vote for me. So, <laughs> look, that that's perfectly fine. Right, right, he's, totally, totally kosher, no problem. I believe he's also supposed to be at the Conroe show in yes. January. Yeah, so he's actually he's going to be shipping all of his equipment to my house, and I'll be driving it out with I'll me. Yeah, so, he was supposed to be at Conroe yes. a while back, and then he had health issues come up. Yes, uh, which is a shame. But yeah, he's going to be. Oh, it's the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she... I'm I'm sharing the link and telling people to vote on the Reptile Gumbo Podcast Facebook page. Yay! But when I when I posted the link, a picture of Dave Kaufman came up, I and I was know, like, uh, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> every single time. I don't know how really oh, wanted episode, to work yeah. that out, but diabolical. Katie, do you remember which which podcast this is? 
Snakes and the Fat Man? I do, actually. <laughs> so, so, so I'll listen to podcasts when we go on a car ride. And be able to sit there. I don't just She's reading a book. But then I'll, one time she goes, he cusses a lot. I was like, yeah, that's pretty much podcasts. That's pretty much. Pretty much. We had our kid in the back seat of the car, and she was much younger at that time. So, uh, just earmuffs. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I I try to listen to those when I'm commuting, or you know, when I when I'm cleaning the rat room or that kind of stuff. I, uh, but not not around the kids so much. I still need to listen to his episode with Kabilka because that's just two polar opposites. It seems like. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny they and they're they're he's done several and kabilka is actually the sponsor of the 15 minutes of lame segment yeah and um i don't know somehow it works <laughs> but it, you can always tell he's kabilka is a little bit awkward because you know it's it's all it's not his persona so much so <laughs> a little bit a little bit more more you know straight and, and narrow so <laughs> It's gonna take you to post this, Jesus. Um, my brain is doing like twelve different things right now. So if you would like to keep me as a co-host, you will ignore my computer look, and the work that I'm doing. Look, I've <laughs> I've lost I've lost co-hosts in the past. It won't affect my <laughs> podcast apparently. <laughs> oh, I'm here. I'm here, I, and I'm I may I may start doing a, a contest online for new co-hosts. Hey, but, hey. <laughs> I still got Robert. For, for now, until the internet decides that Robert can't be on here either. I'm here. I'll, I'll, never, I'll never leave you, James. I'm thick skinned. Hey, yep, I didn't understand that at all, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'll never leave. I'm thick skinned. You can't hurt my feelings. Oh. <laughs> I don't have any, so you can't really hurt them. <laughs> um, so one thing I did want to talk about, and I thought about it last week, but again, we talked about rattlesnake roundups for an hour, which was really interesting. If anybody hadn't listened to the episode, go listen to that one, Katie. I know, I know. It was a great uh, episode. It was a really great episode. But uh, one thing I had seen this past week on Justin Smith's Facebook was he made a post basically uh, talking about some of the YouTubers that are more legit YouTubers, pet, or you know, I say pet YouTubers, not really pet YouTubers, but reptile YouTubers, uh, giving away and doing crossover episodes or visiting some of the reptile youtubers we don't suggest mm. and, uh, and there was a big long people on either side of the arguments and uh and i get it i get it we don't want to shine light on some of these that are doing things we don't that we as a community don't want out there and we don't think it's right in the first place but i also get it when some of these podcasters or some of these youtubers have to do it because let's be honest you need the views to make the money and to continue to be able to make some of the content that they make, like, look, mm -hmm. I think Dave Kaufman makes some of the best reptile videos on the internet. Yeah, without a doubt. Dave, Dave Kaufman does not get the same amount of views as Brian Barczyk. And it's not a knock on Brian Barczyk. He's just the number one kind of guy out there. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, I don't think Brian Barczyk makes the same kind of reptile quality reptile videos that Kaufman does. So I get Kaufman going to some of these places to visit some of these people because they're going to get some of their followers onto their channel and it's going to help pay for future episodes for Dave Coffins. So I get that. And I feel like, unfortunately, it's just something we have to live with. Now, I haven't watched some of these videos of YouTubers that I do enjoy visiting some of the YouTubers I don't enjoy. I just haven't watched them because I don't want to sit through it. Yeah. And so I feel like that's, that's where people can make the decision. Look, understand that Clint, I think, makes great videos. Uh, Dave makes great videos. 
uh, Emily makes great videos. And if they visit someone you don't like, just don't watch that video. Yes. I mean, the thing with YouTube is there's so much more content getting put out on YouTube than anyone could ever possibly consume. So it's super easy to just move on and watch something else. I mean, yeah, I, I, and I get it. They, they visit the people in Florida that were like, hey, don't watch the people, that, some of those people yeah. in Florida. But those people in Florida get a lot of viewers. Now, granted, here's the other caveat and issue with that is I don't think the same quality of viewer that David's getting is going to be the same kind of viewer that that person is getting. So mm-hmm. it's, not the same, it's not the same clientele. But if it helps them... You know, once COVID's over, if it helps Dave pay for a trip to South America so he can show me stuff in the wild, I'm all for it. Yeah. I mean, I missed the whole – I didn't see the post, so I have no idea what the context is in terms of, like, who these people are that we're talking about. But um, Some of the free handlers. Oh, got it. Got it, got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Robert, Robert, do you watch any of those videos? No, I haven't. You would think being sick the whole week last week, I would have had time – to watch YouTube, but I really didn't watch anything this week. Uh, they pop up on mine, and I'm just like, uh, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I say that now. I may get bored one night and sitting in bed, and I may end up watching one. But as of right now, I haven't seen them. Yeah, for me, Venomous just generally is not my thing, so I'm typically not watching stuff if there's Venomous content anyway. But, um, I mean... It's an amazing venomous animal, don't get me wrong, but it's just mm-hmm. not where my interests lie in keeping. Well, it's like our friend JT and says. Like- he, he, he He's too clumsy and gets bitten too much to have venomous snakes. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. That's also because JT's not worried with getting bit. Like, that's a serious concern for me, which is why I get bit almost never, because I just don't want to get bit. Yeah, he kept walking JT up with a... No yeah, he kept walking up with a big, huge black scorpion trying to put it on me last weekend in Austin. And scorpions are not my thing, and he knows that, and he thought it was hilarious. Oh, no. And uh, it, 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 it almost went flying across the venue a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like scorpion. Yes, you. you did. It pinched probably, me. Probably the same scorpion. You can't say the word pinch. That just sounds boring. You have to say pinch. No, you have to say pinch or else you sound special. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you make sure you wear your helmet and don't, don't lick windows. Up. Don't be ugly. Look, if anybody gets offended, they're definitely not listening <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> so, oh, so all right. So I want to go back to the pin we put into to freezing our animals yeah. so that we can. So I think I'm going to have to end up buying a new wine cooler. Okay, so there was a small technical issue. Robert's power went out and it knocked all of us off the recording. But we can pick up where we left off because now Robert is back. For now, until his power goes out. Is it storming? Is it storming where you're yeah, at? Robert? It's raining really, really hard right now. It's been raining all day. Yeah, Let's same see. here. Same here. It's been crazy. But so I was saying, we were talking about freezing our animals so we could breed them. I, uh, my problem with my wine cooler that I bought for my rubber boas is that my rubber boas, the lowest I've been able to get them down to is like 48 degrees. It's on the coolest set, the lowest setting on it I found today because I knocked it all the way down to it is 39 degrees. And they're still sitting at like 47, 48 degrees. And they don't care. They're roaming around like it's the Fourth of July. They don't, they're it's ridiculous. How so, low are you supposed to get them down? I want to try and get them to the low forties. Okay. So I've, I've been told I've been told fifty to low forties. If I get them to low forties, 
But I mean, even when we had Travis, our buddy Travis on, he said yeah. that he was camping and at 40 degrees, he found one in the wild just roaming uh, at uh, night. That's crazy. It's horrifying. I'm telling you, every time I take it out and there's ice on the backside of the tub, especially mm-hmm. the back of it, I just, oh. Oh, my, I think that's why you don't see more rubber boas in captivity. It's it's a scary thing to do, especially when, like, on the oh. other side of my room are sand boas with a hot spot of, like, 95 degrees. Uh-huh. Wow. And I, well, I really want to get black Russian sand boas, but black Russian sand boas are even weirder because they, they like hot spots at 95 degrees like other sand boas. And then you have to brumate them into the 40s like these guys. Wow. So with the with the rubber boas, is it, is it are you just cooling them, or do they actually go into a brumation? Uh, at some point, they're supposed to go into a brumation. I just don't know how cold I got to get them. Wow! See, that's the reason I haven't messed with diamond car- diamonds because I, of this exact issue. It terrifies me. So you have brittles, then that's going to be the same I have issue. It's not; they don't have to go quite that low. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're we're talking more like you know sixty degrees, maybe high fifties, but not like that low. Um, I was talking to Travis. He because he has rubber boas, and I think yeah. he one year he he put them in like his garage, and it got down to twenty three degrees. Oh. And they were cool. No. They were fine. I don't, I don't even understand how like the math works on that in terms yeah. of the cold blooded and like managing to live through freezing well, temperatures. You, that blows my Corey, did you see the video that uh, Billy at Mutation Creation put up about his three three boxes? I, I think uh, from what I read, all but one of those snakes survived and they were frozen. Yeah, no, they were. I mean, he said his hands were turning red touching yeah. them. Um, no, it was it was that video was really really uh, horrifying. It, it, I think he ended up taking it down. He did. Which uh, it's so weird because as reptile keepers, we're always taught heat. We got to keep our animals warm, and then we get to something like when we think cool reptiles, we think like uh, crested geckos. We're like they can live at room temperature. And you're like oh man, that seems cold. And then yeah. I've got damn things in the refrigerator over here, hoping I can get them colder. <laughs> yeah, that's I have I need. To, I'm gonna need to start. Get, I need to get a wine fridge to start doing my hog noses. Um, and I'm going to have to start doing the same thing yeah, and it's thing, and it scares me. I'm looking at the tub right now. One of them is hanging from the top of the tub, just like cruising around. Nuts. <laughs> yeah. I don't, it's, it's an insane thing. And, and I've got my one brittles and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I don't plan on breeding you. Yeah. So. I mean, they, they don't need to get so, like, they need to get colder, but not that cold. Like they're not, they're not wine fridge cold. I think Andy Middleton said he puts them like on his, porch on a cooler and his porch yeah, yeah I've, I've heard a number of people well he's in georgia too i don't know what's well, one thing is people were like when i got the brittles like yeah i don't i mean they're they're large and i don't really have anywhere i can put them to get cold that's when they were like put them in the basement i was like we don't have basements in louisiana right we don't have either well they're like well put them outside during the winter i was like you do realize that tomorrow could be 30 degrees and by noon it could be 80 degrees like that's yeah. not gonna work either yeah we, we so don't have a winter. Casey Cannon is in Georgia, and he's like that's a Kate, that's, yeah, yeah. And so I mean, he makes it work in Georgia. That's what I was thinking what of Casey. Part of Georgia, Ian, though, because northern Georgia. No, that's true. They get more seasons than we do. They do. They have yeah. mountains. Uh huh. That's true. We have hills, kinda, in, in the upper part of the state. That's about it. Mm-hmm. And then baby's like, uh, so this kind of. Uh, our buddy Joe Phelan was actually he's recording tonight with Kyle Phillips, who we've had on our podcast before. And Kyle had told me last week at one point he had gotten in a gravid um, 
uh, why is my brain going blank? I want to say uh, Viper Boba. It's not Viper Boba. It's the Solomon, Solomon Island Tree Boas. Mm, and so he had gotten in the Paul's and I, and it was gravid from Dan Maleri, and it had 54 babies. Oh. <laughs> I can't even wrap my well, head around having that. Baby. Blake Wilson was next to me at the show last weekend, and he had a bunch of green anacondas. I think he said he had like 42 babies out of that female. Yeah, but see, I get that out of a green anaconda. You expect that of a full-grown green anaconda in in the twenties, thirties, even into the low forties. Yeah. But this is a Paul's and I. These these Solomon Island boas are small, uh, and so he's got fifty-two babies now. And now he's had to order he ordered some anoles. He's ordered some juices like the anole and gecko juice from uh uh who makes the sausage reptilinks. And so now he's going on, uh, and he's going to try a million different things. It's basically a science fair experiment now for for Kyle to to get these things to eat. Wow! Because they're lizard eaters by nature. And uh, but if I could imagine fifty four is my three sambo litters from this year. That's the scary thing with live birthers. With egg layers, you know what you're getting, and you can prepare for it. But oh, what a surprise! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I have a when I have a Sambo a litter of like 25, I'm like, holy crap, that's a big litter. And he more than doubled it. Wow. That is so many babies. It's, it's a, it's a lot. Hang on. That would like give me hives thinking about how to find homes for that many of the same thing. Like, well, well uh, and this is a sad thing. I imagine he's not going to have to find homes for 50, 52. Well, or 54, whatever yeah, I mean, that's true. But, um, that's and true. They're not all going to get start well, and yeah. And if anybody's ever seen a Paul's and I a baby, like it is, it's like a corn snake, but they seem smaller. Like they're yeah. so itty bitty. Wow. So yeah, I just I couldn't imagine walking in and finding fifty four babies. No. <laughs> we have seventeen ball python so, babies right now, and it's and that's not very many, and that, that's a lot. That, yeah, we've we've had uh, three clutches hatch in the last couple of weeks, and I've got. Well, it was seven more in the incubator, but one of the eggs looking pretty rough, so I think it's only going to be six. Wow. Plus, I have a female that did her pre relay shed about two weeks ago, so hopefully I'll get some eggs from her pretty soon. That's awesome. My incubator has been empty for about two or three months now, and I've been just over here twiddling my thumbs. I have one girl who's due to lay in about a uh -huh. week, so... Okay, so Robert's uh, electricity hates him again, so take yeah, three. Yeah. So <laughs> Okay, so I was saying my uh, my incubator has been been empty for a couple months now, and so I, I have one clutch due in about a week. So I'm I'm really excited to finally have something going on again. I haven't really known what to do with myself while I've been sitting with an empty incubator. <laughs> we uh we have a bunch of babies right now, and it's it's fun. You know, they're we got the first clutch is eating, the second clutch we'll start feeding them. They're all just shut out. And then the other oh, clutch, awesome. the last the last one just came out of the egg yesterday morning. It was a four-egg clutch. It was her first clutch, an albino female. Uh, one of the eggs oh. did not make it. Like, last, the last week, the egg just went bad. And uh, the uh, one of the eggs had a twin in it, but it was only, wasn't nearly fully formed. Um, uh-huh. Was it kind of like a boob egg? Yeah. No, it was a huge egg. It was like potatoes. All of her, all four of her eggs were huge. But oh, wow. whenever that baby came out, I, was, I saw an egg, and I'm like, there's still something in there. And I looked, and it was... It was all kinked up and everything. It wasn't alive. It, it was all kinked oh, yeah. up, and and it was another albino. But the good thing was is that she was just paired with a uh, 
with a normal who we got for next to nothing. And we're told that he's mm-hmm. head albino and head pied, which he has the pied markers. So we proved out his head albino. And uh, hopefully, I haven't really taken a good look at the babies yet, but if they have pied markers, that'll prove out his pied also. That's great. That'll be fun. I'd love that about pied. I do too. Yeah. See, that's the other thing that I like about my boas. If I don't have to deal with incubating anything, I just keep them alive. <laughs> yeah. Mom alive, then she gives me babies at some point. I kind of want to incubate eggs in my classroom so the kids could watch You're it. You're not taking any of my eggs if they're incubating anything. <laughs> you can go raise some chicken eggs. You ain't raising reptile we're eggs. We're going to keep chickens? No, we're not keeping chickens. I mean, the neighbor has them and they just roam around in we her yard. We can feed chickens to the snakes. I could put chickens in with the tortoises. No, you fucking can't. Chickens are evil. They People that think it's killer tortoises. Okay, well then never mind. So I like my keep, tortoises. Keep the fucking chickens away from my tortoises. Did your neighbor have a rooster? <laughs> no, I don't think I've seen a rooster. It's like two roads over, and every now and then you'll see them wander like across the yards over there. They haven't made it over to our house. Oh, uh-uh. But yeah, it's Man. it's like I think it's just three hens. We had the worst luck when we would get when we did chickens. I would get them sexed, and like nine times out of ten, they were sexed wrong, and I'd end up with a rooster. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I, we, uh, Katie, a long time ago, incubated eggs in her classroom for like, I think it was fifth grade. But they, um, one hatched and it was one little baby. And that one little baby ended up being a boy. It ended up going down to her mom's house, which was like, at the point, it was three houses down or four houses down from us. And that one baby turned into them building a giant chicken coop and then ended up buying like 15 chickens. Wow. Uh, and then once that once that rooster started crowing, that became an issue. But the big issue was once the rooster started attacking when you opened the cage, yeah. it became dinner. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's when it goes in a pot. That was the only year that I taught science was the year that I had. And now her mom has 11 chickens in her backyard because of that <laughs> one chicken. We haven't bought eggs in a long time. <laughs> we haven't bought eggs in a long time. That- there, are, there are worse things than having a stable supply of free yard eggs. Well, and I'm far better now about eating the eggs from their house because the rooster is dead because I cracked one egg open once and there was a little red spot of blood. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not eating any more eggs until that rooster's gone. Those are supposed to be extra healthy for you, though. I don't give a shit. I don't don't taste a difference. I have people tell me that yard eggs taste different. Oh, I I can tell a huge difference. Yeah, I I guess it depends on what you're feeding them and whatnot. But, like, yeah, I mean, the, the... Sometimes they get that really bright orange yolk that's just amazing. I don't know. I just scramble them and eat them. All right. They taste it's like good. eggs. Oh, no. <laughs> um. Oh, that does bring because we're talking about tortoises. I watched. Uh, who was it? Oh, I watched Camp Kennan. So Kennan Harkin put out a video today where he almost lost his water monitor. Uh, Florida's going through a cold snap, which it actually dropped down to the thirties. And at some point in the night, his water monitor broke out of his, uh, like, night box. Oh, no. And then he couldn't get back in. Oh, no. He went out there and found him on the on the ledge, not moving or breathing uh, or anything. Uh, and so if anybody's ever watched uh, Camp Kennan, uh, Slinky is, I'm pretty sure it's a water monitor, is, is, his, is his monitor. And so it starts off with, like, Kennan basically trying not to cry as he talks to the camera. And he's got his inside <laughs> on the ground with, like, a, a ceramic heat emitter on it trying to warm it up. Um, and then eventually after like an hour or so, or it starts to slowly move a little bit <gasps> and he made it. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, wow. I have to go through that though. Oh man. Well, and that's, that's like, so I have to deal with my tortoises uh, when it's cold outside and having to heat them. Um, 
and I and I I don't have a permanent door on there right now, and it's kind of worked out. I have I put a piece of plywood in front of their door, and then I put two cinder blocks to hold it in place. And at night, they don't care about going outside at all. But what it does allow them to is while I'm at school, because it'll still be like thirty or forty degrees in the morning when I go to school. Uh, but in the middle of the day, when the sun is out, and it may still be like fifty degrees outside, but with the sun's hitting them, they can warm their body up pretty well. Mm-hmm. It, allow, it allows my big guy just to bulldoze through and knock the board down and go out into the yard the rest of the day. And then at night, I just come back in, I put the board back up, and put the cinder blocks back in front of it. Um, but I've been pretty. I've been able to get my barn. I think it was like thirty. I think it was like twenty nine degrees one night. And my barn was still like a nice seventy six degrees. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. It's been really good, but that's, that's one of those things that like, uh, is horrifying about keeping animals outside is, is, is you're always worried about one, you're worried about the cold, but then you're worried about like, all right, I've got that fixed. I've got a heater. And then what if it blows in the middle of the night or something happens? So, yeah. So that takes me into like another question for y'all. What do you do to like protect against power outages and that kind of thing? Because that's always the thing I'm terrified of is if my power goes out for an extended period of time and I have something in the incubator. Well, we kind of had that issue with the hurricane. Well, yeah, the hurricane. But see, that's the only problem. It's like our power really only goes out for the hurricane and during hurricane season, and it's warm enough outside, and I'm not incubating eggs. Yeah, that's true. You're not. And so I've got these snakes that I know all my snakes can live at 70 degrees for a day or two if I have to. Yeah. Um, Or or longer. When, When the hurricane came, I didn't heat any of them. They just lived at room temperature with, we didn't have heat or air or power for a week. You know, we had enough, we ran a generator to run like our refrigerator and that, and they just all lived at room temperature. Yeah. But I know our, our buddy JT right now today posted, he's in Oklahoma with snow on the ground. It's freezing there. And his power went out in his reptiles in his snake shed. And he had to go out and borrow a generator. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's it. Serious I issue. those back like server backup battery things hooked up, but that only buys me a few hours. It's not like a full generator. But where I am in the middle of Texas, we don't. There's not really a whole lot that tends to happen. We don't get a whole lot of ice storms or that sort of thing. But I say that now and like watch something happen this winter. So now I'm terrified. <laughs> but what if, what do you do, Robert? I have a generator. It's ready to go. Um, I keep it serviced. All I have to do is fire it up, and I have I, yeah. even if the even if the only thing that I put on it is the uh, the incubator, I just run a extension cord up to it and let it go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably I probably need to go ahead and invest in one. Yeah, they're worth it. Yeah, we live in in Louisiana, so like it, it you could go years without a hurricane really affecting you. But this year we had two back to back. Yeah. Luckily, my dad, when they moved from Louisiana up to Virginia, they didn't take the generator with them. They gave it to us, and it came in super handy. Uh, The great thing, also, that's the other great thing about having satellite is I was able to watch TV the entire time because I, of course, hooked my direct TV up to the generator. That's pretty badass. I like that. I mean, you got to have your priorities. Uh huh. Refrigerator. If I'm going to be sitting at home, I need refrigerator and TV. And the snakes can live at room temperature. They're fine. They'll, They'll make it through, they'll suck it up. That's wonderful. I I um I went to college in New Orleans and we went through a hur- one bad hurricane while I was there, and we spent like three weeks not three weeks God three days with nothing like just nothing like there was no power no anything we were just in darkness. It was, it was Do you awesome. remember which hurricane it was? It was George. I don't remember George. Mm-hmm. It was 
1998. So, Katie, you would have gone there. Everyone knows how old I am. I was 18. Alabama. I say because yeah, I was in Alabama. Katie lived in and outside of Mobile, so she went through that. That one was. I remember us being without power for a while because it hit it hit Louisiana, and so we were on the other side of it. Oh, so you got all the the bad ones and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, I went. I went 19 days after Hurricane Ike without power, and that was the longest 19 days of my life. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Wow. It was hot and nasty, and yeah, yeah. I don't. I guess I'm gonna have to worry about hooking up uh, my incubator. I do. I, so I do actually have an incubator, even though I don't breed anything that lays eggs. Uh, someone gave me a nice incubator made by actually made by another friend of mine who makes cages and incubators. Um, and so I've got one now. I just need to actually have babies that I can put in it. Yeah. Well. But I don't have that either. Give it time. Give it time. Well, you got the ball pythons now. Um, yeah, but I got corn snakes. We're not breeding fucking corn snakes. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've tried breeding corn snakes once. My problem with eggs is mold. I I bred corn snakes uh, well over a decade ago, and I think I hatched out three out of all the ones because fucking mold kept taking eggs out. Shoot we're not gonna have mold in the new house. Just a little bit of dust. Because we're never going to get rid of all the dust. Oh, from our floor? Yeah, that's... <sighs> yeah. Robert tried to prepare me, but no. I was not prepared. Yeah, it's Robert's fault. No, that's it's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Robert, Robert got quiet. Robert! Is he there? It hasn't kicked us out or stopped recording. He's got to be there. He doesn't, have any, he doesn't have any of those green dots, though. Uh-huh. That's because he's not talking. He probably has it on mute. Oh, and he, he hasn't. That's true. Or maybe he's talking to us and hadn't realized he hadn't hit on mute yet. Uh-oh. Shoot him a message. So we can sit here and make fun of Robert? Oh, you stop it. He can't say anything back. Oh. <laughs> so I think we pretty much covered it. We kind of like lost track of Facebook. We got we got sucked into your, your getting ball pythons. <laughs> well, if Robert comes back, I guess we can talk about ball python breeding. Oh, wait. Oh. All of a sudden, what did you say? All of a sudden, I can't hear anything. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Oh, there we go. Okay. Take, I don't know at this point. It's, Robert's internet hates us. Uh, but... I'm taking it personally. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No one's want to do it, want to do our podcast because of Robert's internet. Maybe it's not Robert's internet. Maybe it's the universe being mad at us because we keep making fun of you for the ball pythons you're getting. No, I was going to say it's because of the ball pythons. Like you're just <laughs> and it's punishing you. See, I get ball pythons, and the world's like, oh, nothing's going to work. Out. <laughs> it is 2020. I love it. Um, so, so Robert, we we can talk a little bit ball python stuff. All right, Robert. So, what what do you have? So, you said you had the uh, het albino. To your albino? Yeah, head albino to albino. Okay, what else? Uh, what other babies do I have? Well, what, what, what you're comparing? Oh, right now I actually just put together a, I gotta look at this, uh, a pastel orange dream inchy head ghost and pie, and he's with a sterling female right now. So that should make some gorgeous babies, but they're both first timers, so we'll see how it goes. Like we just put them together a couple hours ago. Um, 
I've got some babies from a pastel Mojave clutch. So I got some pastaves, some Mojaves, and a couple of normals. It was pretty good odds. And then the so, first. Clip, so when you breed, so if you get a pastel, uh, was that Mojave makes blue eyes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mojave and Mojave does. Yeah. It would have to be Mojave to so, Mojave or Mojave yeah. to Lesser or Mystic. So yeah. pa- pastel blue eyes, is that, do you see the pastel at all? Or is it just the white snake with a slightly gray head? You would have you would have to have so if one of these babies, one of these pastel Mojave babies, if I put it back to the Mojave, you could get bells, but they would just be all white. Yeah, so I'm saying the pastel doesn't do anything to the blue no. eyes, right? No. Yeah, yeah. So you get all these, you know, beans stacked into a bell, and you it ends up being kind of a dead end because you can't see anything. Right. Yes, that's that's why like I, under a blue light or something. The, the white snake doesn't do anything. The black for lights, me. Yeah. yeah. That's why I like pides because like it's white, but it's also not white. But there's all right. other things going on. Yep. So so cool. so yeah. So this year we've got that. I'm just looking and trying to remember what all else we're gonna do this year. I've got a het pied to het pied female right now. That's she's baking some eggs. So hopefully we'll have. She's just going into shed, which I'm thinking is probably her prelay shed. So hopefully in 30 or 40 days, right. we'll have some eggs out of her. Um, oh, the clutch that's in the incubator now is a Mojave to a lesser. So I should get some, hopefully get some bells out of that. And other than that, all of our really good stuff, like our puzzles and stuff like that, they're all still babies. So we're a long way off on those. So the yeah. lesser, lesser and butter. Do they, they make blue eyed or black eyed? Blue eyed. Yeah. How do you get black eyed, Lucy? Super fire. Yeah, super fire. So Mojave, Lesser, and Butter basically all work together. Yes. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch of other genes in that complex too that, that all yeah. work together to essentially make a, a white snake. Yep. Gotcha. So they're all allelic and they all work in the same part of the DNA. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and it's like, actually you build projects you have to be really careful of is not having you know too many bell genes usually because you don't want to accidentally make bells in a recessive project because then you're right. not going to see the recessive gene you're working toward right and with uh there's some things too like with the bell project like if you do a mojave to a mojave a lot of times they'll still have that purple head stamp too so they won't be pure white yes. which some people like yeah. and some people don't I love it. Super Mojaves are my favorite of them, but oh, a lot of too. people like, like plain. You say yeah. purple, but it's going to end up being gray when it gets older. I've got a, I've got a, um, a Mystic Potion male that's over a year old that's still very purple. He hasn't started graying out at all, so we'll see. He's hmm. almost a thousand. I just weighed him a little while ago, actually, when we were cleaning. He's, I don't know, seven, eight hundred grams, so he hasn't grayed out yet. Okay. Corey, what do you have work waiting on? I know you said your incubator's yeah. empty. Yeah, no, it's empty, but we we got a lot of stuff coming. I'm doing, um, I, I think I'm doing 41 pairings this year. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. You hate yourself. That's sad. I do. I know. Um, yeah. So um, my next clutch is coming up. I have a girl that's about to ovulate, and so that's a uh, pastel... Uh, pinstripe, leopard, het clown, and I bred her to a, two different males that are both visual clowns. 
So um, we'll we'll see who ends up taking it, but I'm super excited to make pinstripe lesser sorry pinstripe leopard clowns with her. Um, and then I've just got I've got a whole bunch of other stuff. So uh, black uh, Asiantic is is we talked about earlier is is the line of Asiantic that I work with, and I have four different things going on with that this year. Um, I'm going to be working toward hopefully making a true ghost Black Xanthic, so Hypo and Black Xanthic. It makes a really, really cool, uh, really cool gray, but like soft gray snake. Um, so that's that's a fun one. And then I'm also putting it a pie, putting it to clown, and then running it to uh, just put some other incomplete dominant genes into that project as well. Uh, then I have a bunch of different double head projects or double recessive projects where uh, I'm making I have a into an OD blade clown and um, I don't know some, some I'm, I should be making a bunch of cool a bunch of cool hats in that. Then Huffman is kind of the other gene that I'm somewhat known for. And I've got a whole bunch of those pairings going on as well, making a clutch of super huffin hypos. And so, what does that gene do? So it is in the black pastel complex, but in like the black, black pastel cinnamon complex. And unlike cinnamon and black pastel in the super form, it doesn't make a black snake. It makes a snake that's really, really, really busy, heavily patterned, and has really bright oranges contrasted with black. So it's a really sharp animal in the super form. And um, yeah, so I, I, I love it. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those that there, there's a few genes in that complex, like Lori and uh, HRA that don't get as much attention as cinnamon and black pastel, but it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I, really really like working with it and i have a bunch of different projects going with it um pied is one of the one of the projects i'll be working on making a visual huffman pied that makes a really bright orange saddled pied so that should be pretty cool um yeah so i've got i've got a whole bunch of different stuff i'm making super blackhead g-stripes hopefully um yeah yeah I've got, I've got some neat stuff coming i have a couple of different odyb clown clutches i'm working on um there's there's all sorts of fun stuff happening so i just have to actually get all these girls going that's, that's me right now we're still a few years <laughs> away we're still a few years away from our really good stuff you know we've got some sterling spot yeah. stuff and some uh, puzzle mean. stuff and some uh i'm looking here a hypo black cuter leopard head pad yeah i got Ooh, that nice. one from uh Got that one from Jack and Heidi, and that's one of my favorite snacks oh, yeah. we have. Oh, yeah. I, I and, have several from Heidi. Yeah, so we uh, we actually bought that one uh, at the Conroe show right after um, JT's house burned, and that was part of it went to him yeah. and part of it went to Jack and Heidi, so I couldn't turn turn it down. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to be completely honest for the last eight minutes. <laughs> I, but I absolutely love the passion that you both have when you talk about this because I, I, no, I don't know. And James is over here like typing stuff in and Googling stuff that y'all are talking about. No, it's and, not, it has nothing with it. I'm trying to find a snake that Kabilka made that I don't know what it is, but it was oh. one I really like. 
but I just, I, yeah. I have no clue what anything y'all are talking about. No, it's a foreign it's language. So, it's so awesome to hear how passionate you are about this though, because you, you know, you talk to people and they're like, oh, we're, we're doing this and we're doing this. And, and for some people it's a dollar sign. And then for other people in the hobby, like they truly do this because they really enjoy the genetics and they enjoy the, what it. am I going to get? And yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't no. know, like y'all are very passionate about this and I love that. For me, um, you know, so I'm a, for my day job, I'm a lawyer. And if I wanted to, I have some faster ways to make a buck if I, that was really what I was chasing after. And so this for me, you, you know, I'd like to theoretically someday not just be hemorrhaging money in, in this, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's not, that's not the driving force, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I, just, I do it because I love it. Yeah. I'm tr- trying to figure out what snake it was that I saw Kabil come again. I think it's some sort of like funky clown that he made. It was it was like orange and yellow. And it came out, oh, I can't remember what it was. Oh, so. are you talking about like the Pompeii? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe. It must be the Pompeii. That sounds right. Yeah. I don't know. But like I, I don't like I don't like the dark stuff. I like the lighter stuff. But it's also how I like with like red tails. I love sun glows and anything I can do with sun glow, like jungle and make it brighter and red. And so, like, some of this ball python stuff, I like the way that some of these incomplete dominant genes clean up the pattern, mm-hmm. and then you can lighten it up. Mm-hmm. So that, again, I love genetics, which is going to be the one saving grace for why I actually am taking in these ball pythons and not just saying, screw it, let them go to wherever. Yeah. No, I mean, as someone who, especially who teaches science, the, the great thing with ball pythons is that most of it is just very simple Mendelian genetics. And so it's, it's pretty simple and makes a lot of, a lot more sense than like, say when I'm talking about my hypo bread lie, where you've got four different genes contributing to the hypo and it makes no sense to just about anyone. Well, then there's like this one that Kabilka has posted that I think is cool looking, which is called a special clown. I don't know what the hell that means other than clown. Special oh, gene. But In the bell complex. So yep. it's, it's one of the genes that makes a, a white snake. It makes it but, look really, really cool. Yes, it does. It's amazing in clown. But it also makes it look really, really expensive. Well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you're looking at Justin's. <laughs> Justin's yeah, sure. <laughs> it has JKR. It has JKR on it. That makes it expensive. Yeah. That was one thing I've noticed looking through uh, a lot of this stuff is like, especially when you mix in spider, it makes it less expensive now. Yes. You're... Uh, you're I, I have a couple of spiders, and man, every time you breed those, you're hoping not to hit the spider, and yeah. that's not the that, that's not the greatest thing to you know have, and it's and it's unfortunate, you know, because there's a number of genes for ball pythons that have wobble, and most of them have totally reasonable snake lives, like it doesn't interfere with their eating or that kind of thing, but they've just gotten such a bad reputation. Um, yeah. So, we have, we and have and more so spider. than any of those other wobble genes, which is just kind of weird. Well, it's yeah. like I had I had a jaguar, and I got rid of my jaguar carpet because I was just tired of having to deal with him being special. Like I don't, yeah. he's a really pretty snake, but I, I mean, he would strike outside the tub, go for food, and just miss it completely, and yeah, I mean, just you know. Yeah, I'll be honest. That's why I don't have a jag in my carpet collection. Um, I just I didn't want to go there with that. That was actually about to be my question. Is that wobble thing? Is that something that 
is in multiple species or is it just known in pythons? No, there's, there's several genes in different species that cause neurological defects. Uh, I know leopard gecko has one or two. Um, and then jaguar carpets does it, spider and ball python. Yeah. There's another one, ball python, I can't. Yeah, so there's it. a bunch of them. So champagne, hidden gene woma. Um, I don't know, I'm blanking right well, now, but with, there's, with there's like, several. With like spider and champagne, both the super form of both of those are non survivable. So right, and then that ends up being fatal. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. not even, yeah. Yeah. So. Yep, and then so the super spider is the same way. Like a super, you you would never breed a spider to a spider, um, most likely. I mean, right. if you do, you're going to end up with super spiders, and those are not going to be. That's not a survivable animal. It's like no, super jags know. and carpets give you a white snake, exactly. but it's a dead white snake. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, yeah, you have, it's the same. It's it's the seen, same thing. I've seen a picture of a super spider that came out of the egg dead. Obviously, it was a beautiful snake, but you know. Mm -hmm. It's dead. <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah, a spider is one where the, you know, it, people are sometimes interested in them for pets, but as a breeder, there's just not a great amount of upside to it right now. Yeah, it's us. We have one spider that we bought for my daughter's girlfriend, and she doesn't know it yet, but it's going to be her Christmas present in a couple of weeks. But it'll be a pet only. Yeah. She, she's, she's about to go off to college, so she'll take it with her and have it in college. Yeah. yeah. But it has no but wobble. It's, it's, it's great. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, my, uh, I have two of them and I mean, if they get really excited about a meal, you might see a little bit of wobble show up, but that's about the only time. Um, and it's not anything severe. It's just their head is a little bouncy, but, yep. um, but it, it can be pretty severe and it's, there's, you can't breed for the severity. Like it's just, it's going to pop up severe in some animals. So. Yeah. So that's why I, I just, when I had yeah. my carpet, I was like, I, I can't do this. Cause yeah. my thought was I had that one, like I said, I bred them one time and it messed up. I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to breed them again. Cause what if I would have got Jags and then I got to deal with it being a Jag and, mm -hmm. and I'm out there right now going, I've got a Jag that doesn't do that. And that's yeah. fine. Yep. But I've seen plenty of Jags that do it and I didn't want to have to deal with it. Yep. And just like the spider, carp, I mean, spider ball pythons, they're, they're beautiful animals. Jags are stunningly beautiful. Uh, but, but yeah. There's well, and you've seen and... videos go around where it's like people showing off their spiders that don't have the wobble and that's fine. Like I get it, mm -hmm. but I don't, my thing is I don't, for me, I don't want to breed it. Cause I don't want to, it's not a gene that I want to have to deal with. Yeah. When there's so many others, especially well, with ball python, there's so many other genes you can focus on. Yeah. You but know. it's so funny that because the other wobble genes don't elicit the same reaction. Like you don't see people going on like, you know, crying tangents about champagne. Um, and so it's just, it's interesting that people have zeroed in on spider so much for all of this compared to some of the other genes. I wonder if it has to do with how popular it was in the it, beginning or how expensive it, it was to get into. Okay. And they're like, we've got to keep or, it going because we put just, money into it. Just how ubiquitous it is in the hobby. There's probably more spiders out there than there are champagnes. True. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm scrolling through. I'm do, I'm pulling a Robert right now, and I'm scrolling through uh, Morph Market. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what these are. I don't know what that is. I <laughs> like, they're all things I've heard of. Yeah. But I, don't, I don't know. Like, Well, and then, so then the other thing with ball pythons is, like, everyone has a dinker project. And so you, when I go to a show, there's almost 
almost every table is going to have something that's this weird, obscure gene that you can hardly recognize what it's doing. That's their dinker project that they're convinced is going to be the next big thing. And so th that one's there, there's just, yeah, there's so many genes out there beyond the ones that you're even more likely to hear of. Well, then oh, yeah. I scroll through and I see some of these that are priced a ridiculous price for what it is like it, yeah. but then I, it's gotta just be like a pet store or something. Cause like, here's a bumblebee ball Python for 450 bucks. That would be a very expensive bumblebee. Yeah. Or like a yellow belly for four hundred for five hundred dollars. I'm like, is it an adult? Like, is it a breeder size that someone's selling? Uh, I mean, it doesn't maybe I don't know. Uh, uh, this is a female, two thousand grams. So yeah, it's a yeah, breeder. So that's that's right. Yeah. What you run into right now this time of year, you've got people trying to cash in on breeder females. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. I just. Yeah. I need. I, I am going to need a breeder sized female, but I'm not paying 500 bucks for just something that looks like a normal ball python. Yeah. Like, yeah it says yellow belly, but that damn thing looks like a normal ball python. <laughs> yellow belly is one that can be incredible expression, or it can be almost impossible to identify. It's it varies so much. Yes, well, that's it like does. it feels to me like some of them aren't aren't true because that's like for a long time boas. I remember getting into it. There were a bunch of people selling pastel boas, and some of them were just clean Colombian looking boas. They weren't pastel. They weren't part of the original pastel projects. They were just mm -hmm. clean looking. And people went, this is a pastel. I'm like, no, it's not. It's fucking not. You didn't, it didn't mm -hmm. come from me by breeding it. And so when you look at some of these, it's just like normal looking. I'm like, I don't have that much faith in humanity to go ahead and buy this normal looking snake and believe it actually has stuff. Well, and then with carpets, it's the same way. Like how many jungles are out there that people are selling that are actually like mutts of some, you know, undeterminate variety that just have a jungle type look to them um yeah. you know it's it, it happens in, in all the different areas but but yeah it's just there's so many ball python breeders i think that it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit overwhelming with ball pythons there's gonna be one more i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna become a ball python no i'm not fuck that <laughs> right, right now i'm, I'm gonna bring there are six thousand three hundred and thirty one pastel combinations for sale so yeah. there's just a few out there and pastel i mean pastel is getting to be another gene i mean it's not quite like spider but another one where people won't buy it because it has pastel and they want the non-pastel version yep i don't i don't mind i don't mind the things that lighten up color and clean up pattern i'll take yeah. that I'll yeah because like i said i need to get farther <laughs> yeah. away from looking normal yeah. For me to be okay with it, it's, it can't look like a normal, which is another reason why, like, if I produce anything, I don't want to produce normal hets because I would hate the Like, people are like, you, you shouldn't hate the babies, but I would. I would look at them and go, why the fuck do I have you in my house and why am I feeding you? You look like a normal ball python. I can't do that. <laughs> so, so if you make hats, you want pretty hats. Yes. Well, was, um, a lot of times, like, my, my, uh, my red tails, like, out of this past two years ago, I bred sunglow to sunglow and i got all sunglows and, and albinos and whatever but like i thought i was gonna buy new males for the females you know what i need to make sure that it has an extra incomplete dominant gene in there so i can get some other stuff and so i bought you know a hypo jungle head albino so i'm like all right now we can get a whole bunch of different things and none of them should look normal mm -hmm. or at least the chances of getting one that looks normal is very very small i was gonna say given my luck i'd hit the normal but <laughs> <laughs> But then I I, just, I can't I'm scrolling through and like these ball pythons like four and five thousand dollars, which I mean, 
I also remember again Daytona in the mid two thousands when they were forty yeah. to fifty thousand dollars. Right. And even then, I was like, "That's that's ridiculous." Right. Yeah. No. I. I. There's right now that there's one gene that completely I would love to have, and it's Stranger, but it is so expensive that and just completely out of my price point right now. So it's one of those that I'm anxiously waiting for the price to drop a bit so that I can get into that project because it's an awesome gene. But I'm not spending seven. I'm just I'm not in a place where I'm spending seven thousand dollars on one snake. Every one of them just about on Morph Market, the underpriced says Inquire. Yes. Yes. I see exactly. nine thousand and eleven thousand. Thirteen thousand. Yeah. You, you, yeah. always, you always know when it says inquire. That's like the famous saying. You cannot afford this. All right, right. you're gonna have to explain it to me. I'm looking on world of uh, world of wallpythons.com, and stranger just looks like a dark normal. So strangers typically. So stranger does really interesting things with pastel, but and mm-hmm. in. in it makes a really interesting bright, but also with darkness, it has pattern reduction to it. So it creates these kind of blotchy areas where you would normally have pattern. It's really interesting. It does some incredible stuff. And then in combos, like with clown and, and that sort of thing is just mind blowing. Look yeah, at the one I just sent you, James. Well, this is how I know that I'm never actually going to be in a full conversation with ball python people. Because, like, I look at some of these things, and they don't do shit for me. I don't... Yeah. Well, you have to breed yeah, what but... you like, man. Don't breed... Don't check... Yeah. Everybody in this thing will tell you, don't taste, Don't chase Justin Kabilka. Breed what you like. Oh, no, no, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. No, so I mean, it's it's all about making stuff that, that's, that, that's the kind of palette that you find attractive, so... Yep. So... So, Robert, you sent me this pastel Mojave stranger, yada, yada, yada. Yep. How far off is that pastel Mojave stranger from looking like a pastel Mojave? A long way. You see, it basically has no pattern except for the stripe down its back. Yeah. Gotcha. That actually belongs to Bryce. That's SMS Morphs. Yeah, so yeah. Bryce, Bryce has uh, several. They invested very early in the stranger. And there, there's one on Bryce's table that every single show I go to, and I just drool yeah. over it. Yeah, so that's the other problem. Is I'm a I'm a teacher, so I can't invest. Yeah. In anything, yeah. like it kills me that I, I say kills me, but I have sambos that cost me five six hundred dollars, and I'm like, oh, and then I see these that cost like five thousand dollars. I'm like, no, yep. I can't yep. do that. Well, but the I thing think- the thing you have to recognize too is most people can't do that. And yeah. so if you're someone who wants to sell animals to people who are excited to be getting their, you know, first few snakes and they're getting into the hobby and you're selling at shows, that's not what you need to be chasing anyway. Nope. Cause that's just, you're not, you're, you're not selling those animals at, you know, herps. No. Um, I mean, some people are, but most people aren't. Yeah. You need the three to $500 snakes, the paycheck snakes. Yep. Yep. Man. Those, but let me tell you, those banana pies will sell all damn day. Every oh, yeah, single show. Oh yeah. Every, I I recently bought a coral a super coral glow het pied male for the entire purpose of breeding show snakes because yeah. every single show people are like, "You got bananas? Where are the bananas? I just want a banana." Um, and it's the same with pied. So I mean, yep. those yeah. I did find my- one. I just I do like I I, I like I've always liked blade clown just because of how clean it looks, and how crisp it looks. Mm-hmm. And it definitely doesn't look normal. <laughs> 
I just looked up a picture on here of a Butterblade clown, and that looks really cool. Like, that's light-colored and clean, and that's yeah. everything I would like. Thanks. We're going to put our banana pet pie male with a Mojave pet pie female probably tomorrow and hope to get some banana some banana pods out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this banana blade clown looks really cool. I've always liked, but like, again, it's got to look different for me. And so I've been all, but I remember the first time I saw a pied was when I first bought my first snake, and that was in 2003. Um, and then the guy that had it was talking to me. He had sold one, because this is when they were still expensive. He had sold one to a guy in Japan for like 100 grand at that time. And it was just the head and just the tip were colored, and the rest of it was solid white. Um, yep. So I remember when they were super expensive, and now they're like they're definitely not super expensive. Uh, but but that, that even that pattern doesn't do anything for me. I need I need there to be pattern on the body when I look at a pie. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I don't like them with that super high expression where they're just almost a full white thing. Yeah, I don't I don't like it in either extreme. I don't like it in a ton of pattern and like a white stripe on the side or whatever. And I don't like it in a solid white snake with a little spot here. See, right. I'm I'm partial to low white pies. They're my they're my favorite. You're also trying to make black ball pythons. Right. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Different strokes. I that and I agree. Like I said, my hatred towards ball pythons for the last 15 years is not because of the snake. It, it's it's purely because of what the hobby has done to the snake and what many of the people in the hobby have done to the hobby. Yeah. Now, at the same time, I fully am thankful for all the, the pluses that have come out of it. Like, Robert makes racks. Robert would not make racks if ball pythons didn't exist because the business wouldn't be there for it. Right. That's for sure. So you wouldn't have as many shows if there wasn't the ball python thing because there just I mean there wouldn't be as many as many vendors and as much going I mean as as much as awful as it is to have a show that's you know 75-80% ball pythons um it does drive a whole lot of the business. Uh, freaking I can't believe I'm getting ball python. <laughs> <laughs> what kills me Welcome is over the past guys. 15 years I've taken in ball pythons just to end up giving away. And and multiple times I've had massive full grown females given to me and I've said, fuck it, get rid of them. And now, like, all right, that's it. That's the last, uh, hopefully that is the last technical difficulty. And it's going to be so much fun to, to edit. Cause now I have like 15 tracks set. <laughs> before it happens again. Let's go ahead and close this thing out. But I do want to say, Corey, thank you a ton for coming on here. Thank you so much for having me. This is a blast. Hang out with you guys. I want to be like, oh, I'm so glad I met you, but like I've met you before and I didn't yeah, realize that. I know. Night, so. I know. Total asshole. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> she got you pegged. Yeah. It's okay. I didn't remember you either. So we're, we're on the same page. I know. It's, <laughs> it's a small but large world. Yes, yes. So, Corey, if people want to contact you, uh, keep up with what, what you're about to produce. You have a bunch of eggs coming because you're Got 5 million snakes breathing yes. this year. Yeah, so uh, Instagram is my main platform. It's Corey Martin Reptiles on Instagram. Uh, also on Facebook, same Corey Martin Reptiles. See, I have Instagram, but I don't ever try to sell anything on there. And I always hear people talk about Instagram selling Instagram is wonderful. It, it's, it, it's my platform. Okay, so <laughs> I lied. This is the last time because now Robert's officially gone. He's completely out of power. Oh, no. So he's now sitting in the dark somewhere in Texas. Uh, wishing that he wasn't. So, we were talking about 
uh, Instagram and using Instagram. I guess I'm gonna have to try that when I have baby snakes again. Yes. Uh, I'll go ahead and say bye for Robert. If you want to get a hold of Robert, it is lsreptilerax.com, or you can find Lone Star Reptile Racks on Instagram or Lone Star Reptile Lone Star Reptile Racks on Facebook. You can get any rack you need, uh, rodent, apparently dubia, snake, lizard, whatever. He's got the rack for you. Contact him. Um, what? Don't forget that he's going to be running a special. Oh yeah, he's running a special until the end of the year. End of the year. It was 10% off, uh-huh. so you can save 10% off any of your racks. And since we talked about ball pythons all night, you can buy a rack for ball pythons, I guess. So, uh, for us, for me, it's simply underscore serpents on Instagram for the random picture I post every now and then, which apparently come baby season at some point will be babies, because I'll try to sell on there. We'll see how that goes. Uh, and then on Facebook, it is simply serpents. For the podcast, it is the reptile gumbo podcast on instagram facebook and at gmail.com for email Corey, thanks for coming on and dealing yeah, with all robert's issues for having me appreciate it um and then i'm assuming we'll see you again at conroe yep i will be there and I, I imagine you'll remember me this time i will yeah. remember you this time because yeah. i'll go hey look that's the display that looks better than mine because it's <laughs> <laughs> you can stand and laugh because it'll be James's birthday weekend, so Sean's gonna sing to me. Like that, I'm not going. Are you doing any other herb shows this year? I am. So I'm doing the Waco, I guess Temple one. I'm doing the new uh, College Station, and then I do the Stafford as well. Gotcha. So yeah, yeah you're, you're hitting up the more central and southern ones. Yeah, I'm trying to. I I have court on Friday morning, so I I try not to. Sp- travel too far uh for shows so yeah and if you hit on all 41 of those breedings then you're definitely going to need to sell some it's, babies that's for sure <laughs> i am not going to hit on all 41 but <laughs> you say that and oh then it gosh. happens oh my gosh yeah no i'm hoping i'm hoping for 20 so that would you, be that would be great i know we're trying to leave but do you breed your own rodents i do i just imagine with that many states you'd have to yeah i it's i i can't keep up with that many so i and you're getting a wreck from yeah, exactly. Exactly. I have to buy frozen too. I have to supplement what I can make, but awesome. but yeah, it's the only way to afford it. Cool. Yes. All right. Well, well thank you so much. Thank you. Wait, uh, what were did we... you already talk about how to get a hold of her? Yeah, we already went through that. I'm sorry. You must... weren't here for it. Well, okay. I wasn't sure. So I wasn't sure. We already had this conversation. Okay, I'm just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So All right. Bye. 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 Yeah. <laughs>